Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Glad You're Here on HappyProductions.Live. We have an epic show for you this evening. We are doing, like I said, we're doing a doubleheader. And to kick things off with us, we have the wonderful, the amazing Joel Schwartz out of Toronto, Canada. Joel, how are you today? I am great. Oh, man. Thank you for having me here. My my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us, Joel. Joel is also our first virtual guest, the first talking head we've ever had. So is that is that how you use the phrase talking head? I don't I don't think so. I mean, there is a body, there are legs, there are there are arms, but you know, and I can prove that um, <laughs> to anybody who needs that proof. I will send pictures or post them. Uh, but I also have a head and it talks. <laughs> we we appreciate that. Joel Joel has been has become a uh, what's what's the phrase I'm looking for? Like you you've kind of become a de facto member of the Minnesota music community, even though even though you're up in Canada, right? Uh, I have not heard that, but I absolutely adore that, and I appreciate that, and I love uh, I love the Minnesota community, and I, I, that's fantastic to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Well, we we love what you're doing. I mean, you you produced the Kelly Smith record, which I've been playing the hell out of on the show. We had Kelly Smith on, I think, two months ago now, because time time flies, and. When you produce that, you're working with a lot of uh, like some other local artists, right? You've been working with a few other Minnesota bands and, and things of that nature on some records. Yeah, there was there's one other singer songwriter um, hasn't been released yet, so I'll, I'll keep that under wraps. Fair. But yes, I and, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I suppose I should I should tell the people what I mean when you're becoming a de facto member of the music community. You are a multi-instrumentalist, music producer, kind of a uh, a bit of a renaissance man doing doing everything, helping out with making these records for people, doing the behind the scenes work really is kind of what you're doing. Is that how you would describe it? How I would describe production. Yeah, I mean that's right. I think it is behind the scenes work like you know production it's it's such an interesting job like you from 10,000 feet you're really what I'm doing as a producer is trying to understand an artist's vision and work with them to excavate that and we're refining the songs I pl as you said I play a bunch of instruments fretted instruments that I'm guiding artists through the post-production process which includes mixing mastering and releasing so there are a lot of roles a lot of different hats there and uh it's it's an extremely gratifying and satisfying job to to do. Yeah, I can I can only imagine, and it's it's pretty cool because you get to when you're only working on your own records, right? You're only like you you what you've done before. You made Joel Short's uh, type of records. It's still your sound, but you get to experience so many different types of music when you're working on it this way. So I'm kind of curious, what got you into the production side of it versus you know being being on the artist side? How did you end up in the chair that you're in now? Yeah, and first of all, I I don't have I mean I had an instrumental band in college uh, when I was going to music school, but there is no Joel Schwartz the artist. Ah. Though I, I certainly identify an artist. I do compose for TV. I just did a finished a writing on a show called Ride, which is a Hallmark. Uh, it's a, not a movie, a series. Um, but yeah, how I got into production was really as a guitarist, as a freelance guitarist. I started working with a lot of different artists as a guitar player. I started playing a bunch of different instruments on the records, mandolin, resonator, in addition to guitar, banjo, all that sort of stuff. 
And, you know, I got this space. So I have a studio, dedicated studio space in uh, the West End of Toronto. And artists just started asking me to produce their records. It was really like my friends. Like I was working with my friends and they started asking me. So it was a very organic kind of process for me. I wasn't something I decided. I guess it was more like the container of guitarist was no longer the right title for what I did. And, you know, I'm just so interested in creativity as 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 an act as a radical act as a beautiful evolutionary act and the kind of depth of conversations that you can have with artists and connection and and the satisfying um satisfaction of witnessing that growth is really a special and honored position that i do not take lightly yeah that's that's so that's such a beautiful way to put it and getting a chance to witness like you said, witness the growth of artists and be a, a very, have an active hand in that growth too, right? Like passing on all the knowledge that you've learned from your years in the industry and, and making records and making music and creating art and maybe grabbing a younger artist or a newer artist rather and showing them what you know, that's got to be intensely fulfilling too, just being like, oh, here are the things you're missing. Here's where I can fill in those gaps. Yeah, I, I think that's well put. You know, I, it doesn't matter if it's a brand new artist or someone who has released 10 records and have been nominated for or won tons of awards. Like, you know, I have a sound just as a human being I have and as a as a musician who's played for 20 years. But like my work as a producer is really all about collaboration. Like I want to work with an artist to really understand their vision and really help them understand their vision so there's a lot to that um but yeah i'm trying to support that and then help push that forward and expand it and experiment and you know let's see what we can do together like what what kind of magic can two people create together who are really after the same thing and yeah i find a lot of a lot of artists do a lot of this stuff alone so when they have the chance to have some feedback Um, and have some time to really work on their craft and their songs and to explode that into a recording it's you know we're trying to make things as 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 good as they can be and we're working really closely on every every step of the way yeah a hundred percent and and the cool thing about what you do is like i mean a little bit of shop talk but there is there is an element of you can pay somebody to engineer a record or you can work with somebody on a record. You know what I mean? And those are those are different experiences for the artist. And you're very much somebody that works with artists on the record. Yeah, I mean, and you know that, Grant, as an artist yourself. Like, you, I'm sure you've had the experience where, okay, you book three days at a studio. You know, you're you're paying for the studio and you're paying for the engineer and you're paying for three or four musicians to do that. But you're really holding that whole thing together that's up to and and for an artist you know that's a lot of pressure you've gone in you've had to do the pre-production and just for anybody who doesn't know so pre-production is like one of the first phases in in when you're working with a music producer for me that looks like just focusing on the songs so for you grant say like you know you've written all these songs and if we were to work together it's like okay let's really focus on these songs that you've been working on and my suggestions at that point might be like, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about changing this chord progression or moving the bridge around? Just small things that are like maybe structural or arrangement. But that process is so fun for for musicians, I think, because it's like 
okay, let's play with this thing that we already have and then get it kind of as 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 good as possible. But kind of going back to what we we're saying before, it's like, okay, you're holding this whole thing together and and it's like if something goes wrong or if you don't, don't get the take you want or if the the mood or the vibe is kind of off, it's like that is a lot of pressure on you. That's a lot of pay like you're paying a lot of people. So really the the producer is there to just help keep the vibe, make sure that everything's going smoothly. Sometimes it involves playing a bunch of instruments like me, um, mixing, just guiding through the whole. There's there's many different ways a, the, the production process can look. But yeah, essentially the producer is there to support the artist. Yeah, and, and it's such an important role. And it's one of those like hidden roles throughout music history that, right, like the Beatles, who are they without George Martin? I mean, honestly, are they just another band from the 60s? You know, I, I don't know. I wasn't around then. But like, or uh, Phil Spector's Wall of Sound and all the records that came out of that. Like these, the producers behind behind the board helping to craft these things is so cool. And I, I have such a respect for what you are able to do like I said earlier, working with so many different artists and still being able to get out the best in them. So like, what do you find is the most successful way to go about doing that? And I know that's a very vague question, but it's like, do you just kind of hone in on like, oh, this is a lyrical artist. Their focus is on the lyrics. So that's where, that's where we need to hone in. Or like this artist is so musical. We just need to get them kind of you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, how do you kind of determine yeah. which which aspects of an artist to highlight and which ones to maybe strip back a little bit or things like that? Yeah, and, and it's not, you know, we can pick it apart, but it's not uh, an intellectual process for me, really. Like, I I want to make sure, if I was to identify one thing, I think it's it's that the it's creating a space where an artist can really feel safe to to speak their mind, to, to talk about their vision, to express themselves, to experiment, to be silly, to be serious, to be all points in between, and and to trust. Like the, the job one is to really establish that trust, so you feel as an artist that you're in good hands, and that that you know you feel okay about about working with this person. And for me, like, you know, I've done a lot of this stuff has been remote. So there's an additional piece of the, the pie there, like Kelly's, for example, in, uh, you know, thousands of miles away. Yeah, I've worked with people in England, which is ocean away. So establishing the trust, though, I would say is the is the big, big part that yeah, I can I can definitely see definitely see the logic behind that. And and I know you said it's not intellectual, but it's it's still like that that is a thing that that makes sense of just establishing trust because you need this person to trust you when you say, "Hey, why don't we try adding a little bit of banjo to this?" right? Like if if you're just a guy coming in and saying something and they don't trust you, you're just a guy coming in and saying something, you know, it it is what it is. Because uh, I mean, me and me and Kelly talked about this a little bit off air, and I feel I feel like I can share because it it's such an innocuous thing. But she was saying that she was bugging you, like sending you all these violin lines, and she's like, "I hope I'm not bugging you with all these violin lines." And you're like, "You very much are bugging me." With all this. <laughs> you know? And it's it's that friendly banter. There is there is something about being in the studio and still so like like you said, doing it remote. But when you're in the studio, the most important thing is the vibe. It's it's the vibe. And so you're still creating that vibe just from a remote standpoint. So it makes sense what you're saying about establishing trust. Uh, this is going to sound random, but have you read Rick Rubin's book yet? 
I, I've, I've got it beside my bed. It's Oh, yeah. I, I kind of read it as a, a daily affirmation. Like, it's not the type of book that I would suggest you read kind of cover to cover. It's like something you can kind of pick up almost at any uh, any page and get something kind of interesting from yeah. it. I, I couldn't agree more. And the guy was just so insightful. And like he says at the beginning, he's like, this is all stuff you already know. And then you start listening to him say it, and you're like, yeah, that's so obvious. That's that's obvious. But nobody's I've never heard anybody articulate it before, you know? I, I think you raise an important, important point, though, there, which is, you know, artists create songs in isolation. Say it's you're an artist. You've created the song in the in your in your bedroom. And you've created and you have some there's some part of you that has some confidence in what you've created. There's something that there's some part of you that knows something. And then once you've and that's this magical seance that happens. And it's 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 holy in a way. Yeah. You know? And and when th- there is a, a period a period of time passes and stuff gets in there, self-doubt, all these other things that kind of keep you from this holiness or this beautiful vision that you've had and you know i'm not going to say that the job of the producers to necessarily connect you to this holiness but i will say that is sometimes the job of the producers just to encourage the artist Mm -hmm. and and they get there themselves but it's just like you know this is good you've done this is great or keep keep following this direction there's something here or this is done yeah you know (laughs) <laughs> this that, is done. We're we need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a big moment of knowing when to when to cut the cord and when to send this thing out into the world because you can let perfect be the enemy of good all day and spend how many hours trying to perfect one line that is already good. You know, it's it's good. And it's nice to have that voice of like you said somebody you trust telling you this is this is quality. This doesn't need anything else. We're just kind of working it to death at this point. So it's it's such a cool. I, I'm sorry, I keep coming back to it. Like like I'm gonna be fanboying all night. This is kind of what's gonna be happening. Uh, but but like it's just such a cool concept to me to establish that trust, understand the vision. So how, how what happens when? an artist comes to you with a vision and you hear something entirely different when you hear the music. Does, do you understand the question? Like they're like, Hey, I want, I kind of want this. And then you're like, Oh, but I hear this over here. Are you trying to create a compromise or do you tr- trust their vision or do you kind of, yeah, how, how does that process work? You know what I mean? I don't know that I've ever had the, like a, a huge conflict on like what the, the, the vision is because there there is often like the first part of how it, when I work with artists I'm asking them a lot of questions so I'm yeah. not like we I haven't even heard too much I've heard some music but I haven't like gone deep into it yet um so I'm really like listening at that point and so the the point of that sort of period of time is just to get us on the same page I mean I might suggest something that's like kind of wacky or I might might hear something a little bit wacky but like I'm really I'm there standing beside the artist artistically and aesthetically so you like I just I haven't had that yet where it's like so out of left field nice I have I will say like I've worked with artists where we've done something and we've both loved it maybe but it hasn't been released for for whatever reason you know that that sure that happens but 
yeah, I mean, I really try to get on the same page and and at times I might send out stuff and it's like, here's what I'm hearing. What do you think? And then it might be like, yes, and sort of those types yeah, of conversations. Yep. Like, I dig this. Let's try this. So there's a refinement kind of process for sure. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. And especially when you're working remote, you got to have that back and forth and, and kind of get it to to where you want it to go. And you you specialize and correct me if I'm wrong in this, but you you kind of specialize mostly on like singer songwriters and helping them articulate their sound. Is that is that kind of your base of the totally. clientele? Yeah, which totally. is yeah. And I would say like in the constellation of genres that is like sort of folk indie Americana blues folk pop like kind of in that with you know sometimes there's some rock elements i'm doing something that's a little more like a little more on the countryside right now a little more anthemic but that tends to be the star system in which my productions exist yeah and and it's it's good that there is that there's a guy like you out there because i've been you know for, for the past year or so i've been talking to a lot of people in that same same realm on the podcast and the creative process is very similar for all of them yet the outcome is always a little bit different which i find interesting and so you can and this is not to knock anybody you've had on the show any singer songwriter any folk artist but th this is actually knock on myself if anything uh like left to our own devices can be a little bit dangerous because we can write you know a 12 minute song that doesn't have any chord changes and it's just like but i love the lyrics you know, you know what i mean and we we can we have a danger of getting attached to that so having someone like you i imagine you can come in and be like all right let's have a chord change <laughs> somewhere in here right yeah i mean I, I i you mentioned that at the uh, sort of at the outset like filling in gaps i think that's a great way to put it too like if there sometimes also like artists have strengths like say in melody and lyrics they're really strong in those two but they're not as strong say in chord progressions so that might be like they might have a simple chord progression that's not um bringing out the depth that could be there and and sometimes that's a subtle change that I might suggest. Sometimes it's a dramatic change, but yeah, it, it is. It is a the process is is really really wonderful. It's a, it's an amazing job. It's an amazing experience working with artists. Like I really get a lot of joy out of the process. The, the feeling of elation that artists have at different points in the process. Like wow, I never thought my sound could be like this or I'm so proud of myself like hearing that that like tears like all that it's like it's a it's a very very gratifying to, to experience that yeah you've you've kind of cheated the system Joel you figured out how to get all of the fun parts about making music with none of the uh yeah I mean I know you're still running a business over there but you're you're not talking to bookers and living in a van and going around the country right you're just <laughs> You're just doing the fun stuff. Well, let me tell you, Grant, I have done my time. Like, I, I have I toured all over the world in vans, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> so I get it. I, you know, I have empathy for for what, you know, artists need to do and what's what's part, what that means to be an artist, a contemporary artist. So I, I get it. Yeah, I, I know you have. And, and that's another thing about just creating creating the trust. It kind of come. they keep coming back to that phrase that you said, which an artist is going to trust another artist and someone who's been there and who understands and, and everything like that. Uh, so, so if anyone out there is listening right now and they wanted to reach out to you, they're like, Oh, I have an idea for a record. Where would they, where would they find you? Where can they go and find you and contact you and reach out and all that good stuff? 
Yeah, a great place is my website. That's joelschwartz.ca. So J-O-E-L-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z.ca. And basically there's a form you can fill out and it goes directly to me. You can send me a song. I'd love to listen. I get sent songs all the time. I'd love I'd love to hear if this, you know, if you're you're an artist and you're listening to this and you're thinking like, wow, I don't know if I can work with the producer. You know, we can just have a conversation. Yeah. And you can send me a song and we can talk. It's it's I'm a human being. I have uh, I'm a talking head, but I also have a body. <laughs> I I didn't mean that as an insult. I uh... <laughs> No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm just riffing here. Uh, no, I know. Yeah, that's there, there, yeah. And you know, if you're you're like if you're a new newer artist, like like we we Kelly and I did this. I did this with all throughout the pandemic too. Like this is whole paradigm shift to remote production. And um, you know, there's resources on my website too for artists on recording, on royalty stuff. Like there's some free downloads. So like yeah, that that'd be a good place to just if you are an artist, just to check it out. No, you're not going to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> and those are, excuse me, those are huge resources for any artist out there to have. I mean, how many artists starting out have Googled stuff that you feel like is, I should know this, but you're like, how do I book a gig? You know, I'm sure every people are doing that, right? And so then as you move through the food chain, you're like, how do I figure out this royalty stuff? ASCAP, BMI, what what is this? You know, and it all sounds like French. So having a guy like Joel who's been through this to to kind of help out is huge. And then you can read his resources and then have him produce your record. So you get you get kind of the double whammy. And he, he produced, again, I got to mention that the Kelly Smith Moonchild EP, which came out last November, and if you're in Minnesota, you should know who Kelly Smith is now, right? Like, she, she oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she, I love that. She made such an incredible. You you both made such an incredible record, and it's so spacious and it's so warm. And when I was when I was talking to her, I was like, "Did you plan on releasing this in November? Because it has that winter and like fall feel to it." And she's like, "No, I had I didn't know what I was doing." Uh, and I was like, "I think you had it. You had a hunch because that was a perfect perfect season for that album to come out." Yeah, she's probably being modest. She, you know, <laughs> Kelly's a very special art artist, and you, you, I'm sure everybody's heard her story. And um, yeah, like she's very intentional too. So yeah, I don't I, believe her. I, I don't. I don't either. <laughs> I, I think. I think she. She definitely, definitely knows what she's doing. And and like I said, you two created something good. So if you want, like, what are some other examples of some artists that you've worked with other than other than Kelly? I keep dropping Kelly's name, but I'm, I know you've worked with tons more. Yeah, I mean, I. Do we have time for a quick story? For sure, take all the time you want. I, there, there, there's an art. There's an artist I worked with. One like so, like I said, my my kind of like entrance into production was very gradual and organic, and I, and and there was a lot of things I did. But I'll tell you this this story about uh, an artist, um, Jada Kelly. She now lives in Los Angeles, but she was in Toronto. So. It was one of the very first songs I produced. It was it was a long time ago. Um, so, essentially, normally how I work is 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 artists will send me songs really early in the process. Like it'll be uh, iPhone recording or demo, like something that's just like a really a work tape that's like rough, yeah. you know. But in this case, so Jada and I were on our way to play a festival in in Ontario, and she was playing. Uh, a song for me that she had written and had produced and she asked me what I thought and she's my friend and so I said you know Jada 
this song's incredible. I absolutely hate the production and the mix. <laughs> I, I have to tell you. Yeah. It was this very beautiful, sweet song that it was a love song. And the production was just, I, it had a vi- I had a visceral reaction to it. I was just like, it's just wrong. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I, I, can, I, can you send me the guitar part and, and your vocal and let me see what I can do with it? Yeah. So I took it back to my studio and just like any song that I would work work on, whether it's remote or, or in person, I just spent time working on this. And I just I really wasn't sure I had to like spend some time like, what does this song want? Like, what does it need? And it, it, it took some time for me to do this. And I was like, geez, I've insulted Kelly data in this in this song. And like, I, I don't know if I can do it, but it all came out in like one session, like the whole thing for me, all these wow. tracks. And I, I sent, I, you know, again, I didn't know, I sent it to her. I didn't hear back from her for like two weeks. Some, something happened, she didn't get the email, but then she got it and she sent me this voice note that where she was just like over the moon, like happy about it. Wow. And it was just like, again, it's just like, man, hearing, you know, hearing that sort of reaction is like why I do it. So, you know, it's it's it, that song went on to be like the my my highest stream song. Like in, I think on Apple Music it's over a million awesome. now. So it's just like, you know, you never know which one which one goes. It gets added to the play, playlist and you just never know, but yeah, yeah, yeah that one was a that was a thrilling thrilling experience for that's, sure. That's that's pretty cool. What song was it cuz I'm going to play it later on the show? Any old boat. Any old boat. And Jada Kelly K E L L Y. Yeah, no relationship to Kelly Smith. <laughs> oh, perfect. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that we get that get that in 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 the rotation tonight. So that'll be that'll be fun to listen to. And uh, you know, Joel, I I don't know if this is gonna work or not, but this is a crazy harebrained idea that I have. I see you sitting there with yeah. all these guitars around you. Oh yeah, I know where there are, there are seventeen there, instruments here. There are, and I know we've got like an online setup. Is there a way you could uh, you could pick something for us? Would you be willing to? Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll do a little. Song. You know, I'm not like I said, I'm not a singer songwriter, so I'll, I'll play you a little. All right, I'll, I'll, look, I have a, I have a, you know, I have a, he's, I have a dobro. He's but, prepared, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is you know, this is this is a dobro. It's, it, it, I play it with the slide. It's, um, it's you know, it's like for me as a guitar player who doesn't sing. It's the closest that I can get to a human voice. So for me, it, it's quite satisfying to play melody on this, play lead lines. Um, so why don't I just improvise a little something? This will be the uh, the glad you're here. Uh, 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 I don't know, little interlude. How about that? <laughs> I, I dig it. Here it is. Google Hangouts through the airwaves from my fingers to your ears. That's I don't know how the quality is. But, it it uh, came there through. You pretty go. There's good. a little dobro. I I I love it. Uh, do you have a favorite instrument of all the ones that you play uh, when you're producing? That's a great. I mean, certainly, like, so I'm a electric guitar player first and foremost. So that is home base for me. 
you know, this this scratch here, which nobody can see, but uh, I'll hold in my hands. I, I, you know, this was the first like real good, real great guitar that I that I bought. I think in two thousand and three. Nice. I, I can't believe it's that old. That's crazy. How did you buy that um, new? Is that a? I bought it new. Yeah. I I, I I I saw it in the store, and I was it was a bit of the Wayne's World sort of it will be mine kind of uh, moment. Um, yeah, it, it, that's a very special guitar for me. I, I, it's my main electric guitar, although I have many. Uh, that's that's a really special guitar. Apart from that, I would say my National, which almost makes it on no records because it's such a distinct sound. It yeah. sort of takes up a lot of space. It's a metal body re resonator I, I, I love very much. You know, I would say bury me with the Gretsch. Everything else can go to my son. There, there you go. I, <laughs> I, I love that. So, so the question I always ask songwriters is kind of what their songwriting process is. And we've talked a little bit about your process of working with artists and kind of uncovering their best things. But when it comes to being, you know, your turn to do the do the physical work, what do you, where do you begin? Uh, so I know you you start with pre production, listening to the song, but do you sit there with like one of your guitars in your hand while you listen to it and then you're kind of like feeling it out or you charting it out like what are you what are you doing when you're when you're coming up with all these ideas yeah i mean that's a great question you can kind of there's there's a few different ways you can go about it like the and, and i think you're detailing the two ways by saying okay i can have this sort of iterative approach where i'm like trying something out and improvising and kind of playing along and seeing what happens or charting it out and being okay drums are going to come in here bass is going to come here and then doing that once once you're you have kind of have a master plan it i really do both i i mean it's it's there are there are a lot of times though i have to admit it it's me with the like for productions center the focus for me is the song and the vocals mm -hmm. vocals and the lyrics lyric slash you know melody yep. so everything has to be in support of that like we're we're, we're storytellers right yeah. that's what we're trying to do here we're trying to affect human we're, we're creating human emotion we're sharing experience we're we're really yeah sharing stories so that part has to be front and center so everything else that i do is in support of that and since I spent so many years as a session and freelance guitar player, that is certainly a natural thing for me is just playing along and listening. And those lines that I might play on guitar while I'm playing along might be orchestrated on something else. It could be another guitar-y instrument like mando, uh, dobro, et cetera, or it might be on piano or, or something else. Cool. Um, but yeah, I kind of get my ideas out and then I'll then I'll do that more intentional process where I'm like, okay, let's listen to this a little more objectively now. I'm out of like that first draft creative brain. Okay, let's listen to this as if I'm listening to a song. Is there something that's bugging me or is there something I want to have happen? Or is my am I getting bored at, at a certain point? So like, you know, even, even on like uh, an artist like uh, Kelly Smith, who's a more traditional artist, there's a lot of contemporary elements yeah. in, in her record. And we wanted to... We wanted to do something that feels like timeless, but also has some, you know, has some, it's a new flavor, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's in a nutshell. I haven't really expressed that aloud before. So it's, a, it's an interesting question. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Cause I, I was just, I was just so curious on 
what's going through your brain and how you're getting to that end result, right? And so that, yeah, I can I can see how it could go either way and kind of how you need an element of both, of that rough draft. Uh, you know, th- I, I always think of the, the Hemingway phrase, that write drunk, edit sober. And I know he doesn't mean like get hammered and write. It's like just write it out and then fix it like get all the ideas down and you're kind of that's kind of how you do it then just get get all your ideas out of your head and then go back and be like these ones are good these are bad right that's kind of what i'm understanding from you that's exactly it you know and it's it's it takes so much learning uh as an artist to be comfortable doing that and to turn off the i love that quotation and to turn off the editor brain and just allow yourself to to express, yeah. see what happens. I, I've spent a lot of years as an improvising musician. I, I studied jazz and kind of later got into some different stuff as well. And it's really like, let's say, I feel like jazz, improvising, those are all big words to mean jam. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, and that that can happen in a variety of genres. So, you know, it's that stream of and, and a variety of art forms. It's that stream of consciousness allowing that connection to creativity whatever that means yeah. <laughs> to to happen as, as free flowing as possible and to turn off the critic as much as possible and just allow yourself to 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 be in that space you know partly i've set this studio up to have an ideal condition for myself to be able to do that and to support others in doing that i've spent a lot of times in studios a lot of a lot done a lot of studio sessions so everything here is about getting artists to that space whether they're here in person or it's an online thing yeah and you do you do a great job but the proof is in the pudding on on something like this right you 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 see the end results and and it it works what you're doing on on the note of being a jazz musician, because that's super cool and something I didn't know about you. Have you have you produced any jazz bands or any jazz artists? Yeah, I produced a jazz duo, so a guitar player and a singer. Um, this and I'm doing an Americana kind of record for them Ooh. coming up. Um, Tom and Aviva. I I, I I don't even know if they've released. I think they they've released the jazz record. It's a beautiful like they did it with very little fanfare. But Tom is a, a very skilled guitar player, and it was really cool for me as a guitar player to play very little guitar, almost no guitar on the record, but get Tom into like all these different sounds yeah. and approaches as a as like a, you know now I'm kind of coming from more from like the pop folk sort of side of things so i was like okay rather than you know one of the big tips i had for him was like you know rather than improvising everything like try to be trying to be joe pass or something like that why why don't you kind of codify what you're doing so it's like it's almost like a big band arrangement it's uh, you know the you're the horn section and you're going to do the same riff as sort of same improvisation as the solo every time so that was one of the, and that really worked for them. It worked for him. So yeah, I, I, I loved it. Cool. That's, that's so awesome. And 
it's yeah i mean it's it's i guess like we opened with like you kind of range the the gamut of of different experiences and just getting them to wherever their creative journey is going to going to take them regardless of genre even though you have you know it's kind of like some restaurants right they they specialize in in steak and and whatever but they can make a lot of different dishes and you're kind of you're kind of that uh, that chef auteur behind the scenes i mean yes and no like i do have my i've i've staked my ground yeah. like this is you know i i I, to be honest, I, I seek to be the, the the restaurant with uh, like ten menu items rather than you know yep. you can get anything here <laughs> because I, I I really there's a thing that I do I would say that and there's a there's a thing that artists want to get when yeah. they work with me and but I, you know I appreciate that I appreciate I, you know I'm gonna leave this interview just walking on air I, I'm gonna with all these compliments well then that <laughs> might be the best the best time to uh, to leave it then Joel because I I can't thank you enough for coming on uh, Joel Schwartz producer out of Toronto Canada you can work with him online you can go to his website joelschwartz.ca and drop him a note go uh, go say hi send him your songs and uh, and is there anywhere else where people can find you or any other records that you've been working on that you you want the people to know about that they should go and listen to you know there was a record i produced in 2020 with an artist named dion taylor i think it's very good it's a blues record um it was nominated for a juno which is our highest award music award here in canada um it's called spirits in the water it's a really cool record i, I wrote a bunch of tunes on it on there with dion we spent a lot of time on this record <laughs> And yeah, I'm really proud of that one too. Um, yeah, if there's people who like blues and kind of Americana and with a, like a really atmospheric kind of ethereal, a little bit dark yep. kind of vibe, that's that's a cool record. She's a ridiculous vocalist, I... like ridiculous. That's that's fun. Diana Taylor or was it Dion? Dion D I O N E Taylor. Perfect. All right, I'm going to make sure that I get that into our rotation as well because, like I told, I think I told you off the air, uh, later on tonight we're going to play Kelly Smith's Moonchild in its entirety because I know you worked on that one. And uh, speaking of the Kelly Smith connection, we got Drew Peterson coming up next. So, Joel, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for, for joining me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, if I'm ever out in Toronto or you're ever in Minneapolis, make sure make sure to reach out. Love to love to hang out, grab a cup of coffee, and, and just chat with you Without again. a doubt, man. Yeah. I love what you're doing here you're asking all the right questions and you're making me feel so good and and i and i just you know you're you're a real supporter of musicians in the scene and in and that's what we need in this post-covid era i guess we're in yeah you say like music needs support musicians need support and we're reinventing the wheel here we're figuring this out in in a new way and and you're part of the solution so I appreciate you, man. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate it, Joel. Uh, with that, I think uh, I'll, I'll let you get back to your life, but I, I can't thank you enough. And uh, I'm going to take a second. We'll thank some sponsors, and we'll be we'll be right back on Glad You're Here and HappyProductions.Live. Thanks again, Joel. Thank you. All right.